the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, America. Happy Friday to you. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Uh, folks, buckle up. We got a lot going on today and uh, a lot of very important figures uh, coming on the program, uh, including our good friend Congressman Jim Jordan, the new chairman of House Judiciary. Uh, he's going to bring us the latest uh, intel on these Biden classified documents and the new investigations that are going to be uh, that are going to be started up on Capitol Hill. Also, uh, Congressman Ron Estes from Kansas. So our all of our listeners in Wichita, you're going to be wanting to hear from him. Uh, he's got a brand new piece of legislation that I find fascinating, restoring normalcy in America. I don't think we've been normal since, what, the 1950s. Also, uh, we're going to be checking in with Congressman Brandon Williams, a new lawmaker, and we're going to be introducing you to a lot of uh, elected leaders that are boots on the ground, new on the job, and uh, he is a representative from the 22nd Congressional District out of New York. So anyway, uh, folks, this is uh, this is getting very interesting, and there's a lot of palace intrigue. I was uh, tweeting and uh, exchanging emails uh, yesterday evening with a lot of folks in Washington, and there's there's more to this than meets the eye. We're talking about Joe Biden and these classified documents, the classified documents that were found at the Biden Penn Center. Uh, that is the institute that uh, was paid for by Chinese cash. We understand upwards of fifty four million dollars they received from China. And then, of course, uh, the word breaking yesterday that another batch of documents have been discovered in the garage of the home, not owned by Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, but a bit of news here this morning, that Joe Biden was storing those documents in a house owned by his son, Hunter. The documents in a garage next to his Corvette. Now, I just... I, I want to just deviate just slightly for a moment. Have you noticed something very interesting about this story? Because the Corvette, Biden's Corvette, uh, plays pretty heavily in the in the narrative here because it's just fascinating. Not everybody owns a Corvette, and uh, not everybody has classified documents stored in a garage with the Corvette. But what I find interesting is where are all of the eco-sexuals? 
and the people that want to mate with plants? Where are all the tree huggers? Where is Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg? Where are all of them condemning Joe Biden for driving around in a Corvette that's blasting a hole in the ozone? Nary a peep from those people. No, no, I'm not kidding, Kyle. I mean, it really is true. There are people that want to have relations with ferns. You can look it up. Google it. It's very disgusting. But all I'm saying is, I mean, heaven forbid your grandma fires up the gas stove. You've got the FBI there ready to haul her off to jail. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, in the center of this great big huge controversy, is driving around in a Corvette. And the and AOC and the squad and the new Green Deal people, they're nowhere to be found. Nary a peep. Just curious. Now, back, back to all of this. Um, we have a lot of questions on this radio program. And I ultimately believe that this is an effort by the Democrats to get rid of Joe Biden. I think that's what this is ultimately all about. We need to know the answer to a couple of questions right away, and we don't know the answers to these questions just yet. We need to know who ratted out Joe Biden to the FBI. Who was it that called the FBI and said, oh, we found some classified documents in Joe Biden's garage? Or if you're from London, the garage. Who did it? Who did it? Who ratted out? Who's who's the, the dog-faced pony boy soldier that ratted out Joe Biden? But beyond that, who placed the documents there to begin with? Are we to believe that Joe Biden actually walked out of the White House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, on Inauguration Day, and he just simply deposited the classified documents about Ukraine and Iran in the garage? Is that what we're being told to believe, or did somebody else do it? And who found them? This is these are questions that have to be asked. And as Stephen Miller, who's the former advisor to President Trump, said uh, just a little while ago, there is a whole lot more than meets the eye on this story. What's going on? So anyway, Speaker Kevin McCarthy was asked about this cut number. No, because from one standpoint, they knew the documents were there. They actually asked President Trump to put another lock on, so they were locked. You look at President um, Biden. He wasn't president. He was vice president. He held these in different locations right out in the open. He criticized President Trump. Did he utilize the Justice Department to raid President Trump? Did you think that was right? They knew this has happened to President Biden before the election, but they kept it a secret from the American public. He goes on 60 Minutes, criticizes President Trump, even knowing what he has done, and he wasn't president at the time. Now we find another location that it's at, but he refused to answer. His press secretary won't answer the questions. We, you watched them leak photos of sitting out files of President Trump. Where's the photos of President Biden's documents? Where are those photos at? He knowingly knew this happened going into election, going into interviews. This is what makes America not trust their government. You cannot have one form of law because somebody philosophically has a different opinion than you, and you can't use the Justice Department to go after people that are politically different as well. It has to be equal across, and what I'm finding what's happening with President Biden time and again, you go from a laptop saying it not only that it wasn't true, but utilizing your own friends to go into companies 
to tell them to say the same thing, to try to knock down information, to try to make sure the New York Post story couldn't be printed. You should be offended by that. You are of the press. You should be allowed to write even when you knew it was true. And good for McCarthy for sticking up for the mainstream media there because they were badgered and bullied. They've been ordered to do their, they've been ordered to do whatever the Democrats are telling them to do. They are their lap dogs. And it's a very sad thing. It's very pathetic. Fortunately, on this radio program, we're nobody's lap dog. We're the pit bulls. That's what we are. So anyway, uh, McCarthy goes on to ask more questions. And this is this is really going to get good here. And McCarthy, I got to tell you, the guy's doing good so far. He is right. He is doing everything we expect of the Republican Speaker of the House to do. And McCarthy asks a really important question. And because think about this, when you go back, go back to the raid on Mar-a-Lago, that pre-dawn, guns-drawn raid on Mar-a-Lago, where the FBI agents come storming in, and they're rummaging around in Melania Trump's underwear drawer. They're possibly wearing her dresses, trying on her high heel shoes. They go into the poor little Baron Trump's bedroom, the teenage son of the president who's eight feet tall, and they're rummaging around in his sock drawer trying to find God knows what. And, and then they're taking all of these photographs of documents that they knew were there because they actually got guidance from the Trump administration as to how to store these documents. And they're taking the photographs. And you remember we had all the picture frames of the Time magazine covers. And all of this was meant to embarrass President Trump. This was not some sort of a, of, of a case of trying to stop the president from selling our secrets to China or Ukraine or North Korea. The FBI was telling us, the Justice Department was telling us, oh, we've got we've got a matter of national security happening down at Mar-a-Lago. And then they show us the evidence, and they actually confiscated a cocktail nap- a napkin. A cocktail napkin, ladies and gentlemen. What, do they have the nuclear codes written on the cocktail napkin? Is that what they're trying to tell us? But it didn't matter. They were trying to embarrass President Trump, and they had all this evidence there. And look, if you're president of the United States and President Trump's defense, I don't care who you are. You could be a multi-bazillionaire. But when you're president of the United States, you're going to find mementos and keepsakes. And I don't know why the, the, the cop, I don't know why the napkin was important to President Trump, but it was. And he decided to keep it. You're telling me that's a matter, matter of national security? So Kevin McCarthy says, well, wait a second. Where are all the photos of Biden's documents, huh? What about that? Cut number two. No, because from one standpoint, they knew the documents were there. They actually asked President Trump to put another lock on, so they were locked. You look at President um, Biden. Sorry, cut number three. Uh, Stop, 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 stop. Uh, Cut number three. Do Do you see a difference in that former President Trump denied repeated requests for all of his classified documents for more than a year, and President Biden's lawyers turned in documents after finding them? No, because from one standpoint, they knew the documents were there. They actually asked President Trump to put another lock on, so they were locked. You look at President um, Biden. He wasn't president. He was vice president. He held these in different locations right out in the open. He criticized President Trump. Did he utilize the Justice Department to raid President Trump? Did you think that was right? They knew this has happened to President Biden before the election, but they kept it a secret from the American public. 
He goes on 60 Minutes, criticizes President Trump, even knowing what he has done, and he wasn't president at the time. Now we find another location that it's at, but he refused to answer. His press secretary won't answer the questions. We, you watched them leak photos of sitting out files of President Trump. Where's the photos of President Biden's documents? Where are those photos at? He knowingly knew this happened going into election, going into interviews. This is what makes America not trust their government. You cannot have one form of law because somebody philosophically has a different opinion than you, and you can't use the Justice Department to go after people that are politically different as well. There you go. It's the weaponization of the federal government. And thank you, Speaker McCarthy, for pointing that out once again. But as we go to break here, I'm curious, what do you think is what do you think is going on here? What do you th- is this an effort by the Democrats to get rid of Joe Biden? Is this an effort by Barack Hussein Obama and his lady henchperson Susan Rice to get Biden booted from the White House so that God forbid Michelle Obama or Susan Rice be installed as the new vice president? and Kamala Harris is elevated to president? Or do you think this is the deep state trying to take out Joe Biden? Or do you think something else is at play here? 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. This is speculation hour because right now we just don't know. But something doesn't smell right about all of this just yet, folks. Something does not smell right. Again, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. thing uh does biden's lawyers have security clearance to be able to see classified documents now ricky from arkansas raises a very uh, interesting point and by the way ricky sent us a shout out and you can do that by downloading our free app you say how do i get that very simple just head over to the website uh, we've got the link over on the live show blog but that is a fair question because at this point anybody who touches those documents could actually be in violation of the U.S. Code pertaining to the handling of classified documents. And therefore, anybody who is involved in either the storage of these documents, taking them out of the White House, putting them in the garage, anybody could be at risk here. So let's go to the phones. What do you think is really going on here? Uh, Daryl in North Carolina, the talk station, has an idea. Daryl, what's going on? 
I think the entire thing is a fix. The fix is in on it. I honestly think that they have hidden three things instead of one or two because it looks like he has no idea what he's doing, which we all know is absolutely true. But I think the fix is in. They're going to figure out a way to get that governor from California and his vice president so he'll have time in the administration. And, and when, two years from now, when we have the new election, he'll, he'll be in it, but she won't be. You know, that's, that is an interesting thought. Uh, Cash Patel, who is one of Trump's former advisors, seems to think that, that this is about Biden and wondering why Biden had those documents, that those documents might contain information that would have dirt on Obama or Merrick Garland. Uh, and he was holding on to those documents as leverage so that Garland and the DOJ would not go after his son. So there's some speculation. That may be what's going on here. I think Garland picked the right guy to get him out, too. Uh, I've been listening all day, and a lot of people say that he is that the uh, special counsel is a conservative. Well, I'm not sure that I agree with that 100%. But I honestly feel like that there's, with those three mistakes that's done by a vice president who's not supposed to have them, I think that, I, I think honestly the fix is in. Now, yeah, something is going on here, and I don't think it's going to be good news for, for Joe Biden. Um, but again, there was a lot happening in that White House. Keep in mind, there was a big meeting in the White House uh, talking about the fake Russia dossier. Joe Biden was a part of those meetings. Susan Rice was a part of the meetings. And and from day one, as soon as all of this came out, I, I said on the radio program, and I still stand by this, Daryl, that I believe the person ultimately behind the effort to take out Donald Trump in the 2016 race was Barack Obama himself. All the crumbs led to the White House. Yeah, that's a really good point, Todd. I really appreciate you taking my call today, and I'm really excited about the potential of this happening. I'm just, uh, I just, I don't want anybody to think that it's that it's that that it's not uh, going to happen. I think you're going to see him out of the White House within the next year. Daryl, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be here, and we'll see how this all breaks down. But it's about to get pretty ugly. You're gonna see some Democrat on Democrat violence going down in Washington D.C. Uh, appreciate the call, and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, by the way, he mentioned Robert Hur. That is the new special counsel. Was a clerk for Justice Rehnquist back in the day, and I believe he was appointed to his current position by. Um, President Trump. The guy is a registered Republican. Uh, he gave money to John McCain's campaign. Well, you can read into that what you want to, but I think we all donated to McCain back in the day. And um, he was the top aide to Rod Rosenstein, uh, who was Deputy Attorney General under President Trump. He was also a special assistant to Chris Ray. Uh, who was at that point leading the criminal division of the Justice Department, now, of course, FBI director. Uh, those relationships are a bit problematic. But anyway, President Trump uh, tapped him back in 2017 to lead the U.S. Attorney's Office there in Maryland. And we'll see how this plays out. Let's go to Jerry in Iowa. Hi, Jerry. What's on your mind? Hey, Brother Todd. I, oh, I do Jerry. Think- 
Can I? T- can you do me a favor? I I'm I was not watching the clock, and we're coming up on the on the bottom of the hour break. Can I hold you over, and uh, we're going to get to your thoughts after the break? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, hang tight, Jerry. My apologies. It's Friday, everybody. Uh, coming up, we are expecting Congressman Ron Estes along with Jerry from Iowa, and your calls as well. It's the speculation hour on the Todd Stearns Radio Show because we really don't know where this is going and who's pulling the strings right now. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back, America. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. All right, so so here's a clue, and and again, it's sort of like the weather, watching the weather with what's happening inside the Beltway. But if you start hearing possible names of people popping up as Democrat presidential contenders, you know it's uh, it's a short time for Joe Biden. He's on the hot seat. So keep your eye on Washington, D.C. over the next couple of weeks. This could get very interesting as these investigations get underway. Uh, hang tight, Jerry, on in Iowa, because we need to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line from the 4th Congressional District in Kansas. Our good friend, Congressman Ron Estes, joins us. Congressman, hope you're doing good today. I am doing well. Thank you, Todd. How are you? Congressman, doing well. Thank you for asking. Um, real quick, before we uh, jump into the the new piece of legislation that you are um, that, that you are advancing, I want to get your take on these developments with Joe Biden and these classified documents. Anything that strike you as odd or unusual about this? Well, what, what really strikes me as unusual is it, it seems like uh, President Biden's had his documents everywhere. I mean, he, he's surprised that they were found in his locked closet, but uh, didn't talk that much about uh, what he had in his garage. And what, what's really concerning to me is we don't know where else he might have documents, plus just the argument that they're making that they were in a locked garage or in a locked closet isn't adequate enough. Uh, in my office in D.C., there is a safe that's not qualified to maintain classified documents. So that's in my locked office inside the Capitol complex that's secure. And so I'm really concerned that uh, that he was just not uh, not responsible at all. And obviously the double standard out there, I'm glad to see the uh, Attorney General Garland is uh, has appointed a special prosecutor to to investigate this. Uh, but it, it, I'm, I'm disappointed that uh, 
that has been so cavalier, particularly going back even that they knew this before the election and knew this before they appointed a special prosecutor to investigate President Trump. It's just all so unusual and odd, and we've, we don't have a lot of answers. I'm curious to know who ratted out the president. Um, someone clearly had to have known these documents were there. Uh, who was that person? What was the motive there? And why in the world were the attorneys uh, allowed to to turn over this 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 information? Were they authorized to handle these classified documents? Why wasn't the FBI at, at some point brought in uh, and do a sweep like they did guns drawn at Mar-a-Lago? That's right, and and maybe they still need to do that. I mean, to execute uh, searches of of Biden's residence uh, in all locations. Uh, as well as all office complexes that he has or has used over the last uh, 10 years, uh, 12 years, I guess, uh, as vice president and any years in between. You know, it, it, the, uh, the Biden Center at, uh, uh, for, for Diplomacy and Global Engagement was funded by money from the Chinese Communist Party. So we don't know who all might have had access or what was the actual process that they used to vet who had contact with this information. And as you said, did those attorneys have classified uh, clearance to be able to review those documents? On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line is Congressman Ron Estes, Republican from the great state of Kansas, Wichita. And we have a lot of listeners uh, in the Wichita area. Uh, Congressman, I want to talk about this uh, great piece of legislation you're introducing. Uh, This is the headline. uh, Representative Estes introduces COVID-19 accountability legislation tell us all about it yeah i mean as as we're as we're on the down uh i mean covid's still with us and it's going to be with us for forever i mean just just like uh flus are flu seasons are every year and colds but we've got to get back to normalcy in america and recognize that you know we have treatments we have we have vaccines out there so let's focus on using our standard practices that we've used for every other medical issue. Uh, first of all, let's look at what's the right research. I mean, what has been the effectiveness of the vaccines? What's been the effectiveness of different uh, treatments and transmission rates? You know, the things that you would typically do with uh, Health and Human Services and, and the Centers for Disease Control if it hadn't been so politicized like COVID has been. So first of all, let's let's research the disease. Let's research and get the facts out there to use that. Second thing, accountability. Let's make sure that we know where all the money's been spent. Uh, there's been a trillion of dollars. I mean, uh, three plus trillion that was legitimately identified for COVID and another three to four trillion that's been used as justification for some of these other bills that have come up under the Biden administration. And and let's track where all that money's been spent. And, and if it hasn't been spent appropriately, let's let's make sure that we, we could claw it back or or uh, make sure it gets back into the Treasury. And and it, another part, in the, it's just the we use the emergency use authorization to get the vaccine rolled out. The vaccine was was uh, uh, you know developed miraculously fast using Operation Warp Speed, but now let's go back and use the standard FDA testing process so that we can validate that it's it's a good long term treatment. And if there are any issues, at least get the facts around that and and follow the processes that we've used for years uh, for uh, for medicines and vaccines. And then one of the things that I really like about it is. Uh, the restoration piece is let's make sure that 
uh, servicemen and women and federal employees uh, who were fired or uh, punished because they refused to take a vaccine, whether it was for medical reasons or or for health or for uh, religious reasons, for any reasons, that they can get reinstated to their federal job and that they can make sure that they can don't get punished. They don't have uh, black marks on their record uh, for, for that. And, and that let's make sure we, we can't necessarily dictate that uh, people get uh, get hired back by their uh, private sector employees. But let's make sure that those aren't treated as black marks or, or uh, a, a negative uh, ramification for folks so that we can get back to normal. We could use facts instead of use the politics. I, I love this idea. And uh, another component that, that I'm a huge fan of, and you're right, we've got to get these service members back reinstated pay they need to have all of their pay restored uh that's got to get fixed and i'm glad your legislation covers that and also these businesses that would literally ban people they would refuse service from you know if you didn't have the china virus vaccine you weren't going to be able to get into the door you address that too that's that's right i mean it's it's kind of okay we're past we're past the critical point we know more now and let's start punishing people. Let's start uh, stop treating people like they're pariahs just because of uh, the, the COVID virus that came out of Wuhan, China. Let's focus on uh, moving forward and and treating it like we would any other health issue that's out there and, and treat people like human beings again. Love it. Um, I love it. Well, Congressman, before we let you go, I, it has to be fun being back in the majority. But a big part of that is you get a bigger, better office. Uh, did you get a bigger, better office? So we, we did change offices. They, offices are done by seniority. They're not done by who's in the majority party or that. So they go through a process based on the number of years you've been there uh, and, and select an office that's available from some retiring member. And uh, so we did move offices, uh, got, got a couple floors lower, so we don't have to spend as much time on elevators uh, getting to and from our committee meetings and, and the floor. But uh, it's, it's nice to be back. What's really great is having the complex open again so that we can have the American people come back, visit us in our offices, visit us on the Capitol floor and, and, and in the House and be able to watch the proceedings. And and it's good to see people back again in, in America's, uh, the people's house for American citizens. See, I love this. And I have to brag on Mrs. Estes because uh, several years back I was in Washington and she was giving a, a tour and uh, she took me on this great little tour of the the of the uh, the Capitol building. It was fascinating. Um, all the stuff that uh, you know that she was able to show me that I didn't realize was was actually there. The, the history of that building is, is. She gives a great tour, Congressman. It, it's phenomenal. She's she's probably not to brag too much about her, but I think she is probably the one of the much better, the top notch tours guides of the Capitol. She really loves the history of our country. And, and, uh, and a lot of people actually, I got asked last week that uh, one of the incoming members spouse wants to do a lot of tours for people from their district. And she wanted to get some pointers from uh, Susan on that. So I love it. Uh, that's her reputation. And I think that I think I can admit this now or acknowledge this now. She actually got me out onto the speaker's balcony when Nancy Pelosi was speaker and uh, got a little picture out there and everything. So we were able to sneak around, but I think the statute of limitations has expired on that. So. 
<laughs> yeah, they actually do. We can get back out on the on the speakers back, although it's there. There's some construction work going on it right now, so there's uh, a little bit less space. But actually, I was out there last week for a few minutes. Love it. All right. Well, Congressman, uh, we appreciate uh, the great work you're doing, and congratulations. It's great to have Republicans in control of the House. Well, it's great. Thank you for letting us talk about our legislation, talk about some of the things going on in Washington. All right, Congressman Ron Estes, everybody from Kansas, the 4th Congressional District. And as promised, I want to get to the phones. Uh, Jerry, appreciate you holding on. Uh, But you wanted to weigh in on this investigation. You just heard uh, Congressman Estes suggest that maybe the FBI needs to be raiding some more of those locations uh, involving Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, Kansas is named uh, Free State, by the way. Uh, so I, I like hearing from that guy. Um, I just, yeah, I wanted to comment. I, I, I think the deep state is orchestrating uh, easing out Joe in, in, in the eyes of uh, the Democrat voters. I, I don't think they're going to prosecute him. I, I don't think they care what the Republicans think. They're just going to put in somebody worse. But uh, like uh, Governor obnoxious from california so but if i can make a larger hundred thousand foot view comment um i i'm observing that americans are getting educated on how the deep state operates regarding uh secrets and and, and secret documents if you remember ed snowden he, he taught us that our, our massive spy and technology infrastructure is was being turned on americans collecting our information instead of monitoring external threats we learned hillary taught us that you could have a bathroom server as a convenient way to dish out uh, uh, U.S. secrets to, to foreign powers. Trump taught us you can be a decent president and still get accused of uh, selling atomic launch codes. Biden is teaching us that uh, you can use a, a fancy sports car to hand deliver the goods to the Chicoms. You know, just take them there yourself. Uh, get in, uh, drive around, and have lunch like, uh, well, let's not forget Rick Swalwell and the Intelligence Committee. He was he was bunking with a Chinese spy. Uh, oh, Fang Fang, Pod Bang Bang, yeah, Fang yeah. Fang, so, Fang Fang yeah, with okay. Fang Fang. Sorry about yeah, sorry. Uh, so I think we were getting educated on how at risk that our secret documents are just splattered all over the place. The ancient Romans they first they crumbled from within morally. And then they were susceptible to outside invaders and forces. And if America doesn't repent and get back on track, these documents are, I believe, going to be used to to be our undoing. But we're getting educated on what the deep state is is out of control. And to answer your question a few uh, days ago, what I would like to see is this new Congress do is shrink the size of government. I mean, is that an impossible request or not? It's not. It shouldn't be, but it is in their eyes and their minds. And, and Jerry, I do wonder, if if you look at the deep state and how powerful they are, I mean, who's to say they're not holding dirt on just enough lawmakers on Capitol Hill that they can't do anything or they refuse to do anything? So I think that's why we have to have um, – I'm a big supporter now of term limits – uh, I do believe that at the end of the day, we need to be able to have people going to Washington that are not afraid of the deep state that will stand up and will shrink government. And you're right, government's just gotten too big. And, you know, a well, part of that whole issue of morality, Jerry, and, and I'll let you have your final thought here in a moment, that final, that, that issue of morality, part of that is being able to keep a secret. And we're not able to do that anymore. Instead, we're using all of this information to blackmail people 
in Washington, D.C., and it's going to come back and it's going to bite us in the butt. Go ahead, Jerry. Uh, thank you, Todd. Uh, speaking of morality, having a balanced budget was considered a fundamental moral position. Uh, those six that held out to the end were wondering, and I think among other things, if Kevin McCarthy is really going to support uh, raising the debt ceiling or not. Will he cave at the last minute? He actually put, didn't he pass this massive last budget? I mean, will it ever end? I'd like to see some morality in uh, standing firm like the six did and just don't raise the ceiling. Uh, yeah. We have it backwards about spend. All right, well, we Jerry, spend first, then we raise the debt ceiling. I mean, that's and we're, we're late for a break here, Jerry, so uh, we're going to let you go, but appreciate the call. Uh, look, uh, the, the answer to Jerry's question, will Kevin McCarthy go along with raising the debt ceiling? If he does, he's gone period. And and the Republicans have to play hardball like that. We have to demand, we have to expect our elected leaders to do as they promised. And if they don't, no more chances. First time you do it, you're gone. And that's how how this needs to go down. And sooner or later, the Republicans are going to understand that we, the people, mean business and that we want them to live up to their promises they made to us. All right, we do have to take a break. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, folks, do not, do not turn that dial because we have Congressman Jim Jordan uh, coming up at the top of the next hour, and uh, he's going to bring us the latest on these investigations into Joe Biden. So hang tight. I do want to go to the phones. Alan, uh, listening to us from the great state of Maine, WLOB, the Big Lobster. That's Ray Richardson country. And Alan, I understand you are a retired veteran and you have some intel on classified documents. What you got for us? Hey, thanks, Todd, for having me on. I just had a question for the veterans and the civilian government leaders, you know. My question was, check out the UCMJ, you know. I mean, people in the military seem to be held to higher standards than people in federal government these days, I guess. You can get court-martialed for... uh, you know, leaving classified documents laying around like that or whatever that are supposed to be in secure places like safes or only around people would need to know. And whereas the 
federal civilians, they seem to be able to do what they want. You know, they're not held accountable like that. They don't get court-martialed and booted out of office. Maybe we need to come up with a bill to do that. I just think we have to start enforcing the laws on the books, Alan, and you're right. Uh, if you are a member of the but military and and you're caught mishandling these documents, you not only get carp marshaled, you could also end up in prison. I mean, there are True. strict yep. punishments there, and all of those laws are on the book for civilians. And the codes? And the US codes, code U.S. Code. that for civilians? Certainly does. Well, we need to enforce them then, the it, House and Senate and... Even the legislative and executive and judicial branches need to get back on board with it. Alan, I'm with you a thousand percent there. And the there are there are fines and prison time that are attached to violating that U.S. code. And we shared that information yesterday. Uh, we'll do it again in the next hour. But there there is a price to pay. The problem is nobody's enforcing this kind of stuff, and we need to start doing that. This, this is simply inexcusable. Alan, appreciate the call. Thank you for listening. Folks, our telephone number, 844-747-8868. If you have a question for Congressman Jim Jordan, now chairman of House Judiciary, get on the lines, 844-747-8868. So we'll be checking in with him. Also, Hollywood... Oh, they're all upset. It used to be they were upset because blacks and minorities were portrayed as criminals in movies. But now they're not, and they're upset about that, too. We'll tell you what's happening in Hollywood. This is the Todd Starring Show. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the big show. Real quick for our listeners in Dallas, you got big problems on your hands today. Uh, just stay inside. The Dallas Zoo has issued a code blue alert. Apparently, a clouded leopard has gone missing at the zoo. The zoo officially closed. They're calling it a serious situation uh, because the leopard is hungry. And uh, I'm sure there are very delicious people walking around in Dallas. So uh, you might just want to stay indoors until they can figure out where the leopard is. So there you go. All right. uh, We have been following these developments out of Washington, D.C., and we are so glad that the Republicans are in charge of the House of Representatives and that our friend Jim Jordan is uh, heading up a lot of these investigations. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line from the great state of Ohio. Uh, Congressman uh, Jordan joins us. And, uh, Congressman, I know a lot of crazy stuff happening, but at least you don't have a leopard prowling the streets of D.C. right now. Well, uh, we hope everyone stays safe. Uh, You know, you hear everything in the news, but this – this is one I haven't heard uh, before. It's, so it's a they, crazy they news cycle. It. Yeah, let's hope they catch the leopard and everyone is, uh, everyone's okay. So, so Congressman, I, I've got to get to, to this, uh, this investigation of President Biden, of the Attorney General announcing that news yesterday. My question is, where, where is the FBI here, and why have they not raided or at least searched the homes yeah. of, of Joe Biden? And how do we know there are not yeah. more documents out there? 
No, I think that's sort of the fundamental question that Americans kind of step back and look like, well, well so the Secretary Clinton mishandled classified docs, uh, Joe Biden mishandled classified docs, but the only home who's, who gets raided is President Trump, who, who by the way, as president is the ultimate authority, the ultimate say on what's classified and what's not, and was actually working with, uh, you know, with uh, the, the administration, the Biden administration and the Justice Department uh, prior to them raiding his home. So, yeah, it's, it's this double center. But the, the real question I have, uh, Todd, is why were they looking? What prompted them to go look? I mean, it's, it's not like this just happened yet. They, they, those documents have been, you know, he's been out of office, uh, out of the vice president's office for, for six years. So, uh, you know, why did they go look here in, you know, they found them on November 2nd. Was it the, some have speculated it was the archives, uh, the National Archives, who, who said to the White House, oh, there's some documents that we should have that Mr. Biden checked out or kept or has. You might want to go check and get those back. But I mean, what prompted him was, I, I don't know, but I think that's a sort of a fundamental question. Why now? Why were they looking um, in November of, of, uh, of 2022? And and I'm curious to know who who ratted them out here. Uh, Stephen Miller, a former advisor to President Trump, mm-hmm. uh, said there's a lot more going on here that that meets the eye. Do, do you agree with that? You, you, it sure seems like there's got to be something more. Um, I mean, the timeline also from the DOJ's perspective, the timeline. So they find these documents at the at the Penn Biden Center on November second, November fourth. They, meaning Joe Biden's lawyers who were doing the moving, so to speak, I guess, they, they notified the DOJ. The Justice Department begins an investigation a few days later. On the 14th, we're told that Mr. Lausch is brought in, the U.S. attorney from Illinois, to look at it. On the 18th, on the Trump situation, uh, Garland goes out and announces a special counsel, Mr. Jack Smith, for, for President Trump. Back to the Biden thing, on December 20th, they find another batch. We don't know what a batch means. Is that two or is that 2,000? How many documents is that? January 5th, Mr. Laos issues his report. And then, of course, yesterday we get a special counsel named. I mean, that's – I don't know. I, there, there's, there seems to be some, some, some questions about the timing of all that. Mr. Laos, he completes his investigation in just what, – what is it? Less than two months. Um, I think there's some concerns there as well. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, Congressman Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, Congressman, we are looking at what look, it looks to be a double standard here when you see how they treated Trump and, and how they're handling Joe Biden. Yeah, well, and Secretary Clinton. You know, yes. why, do they always yeah. get to decide, why do they always get to decide what, um, what, what the government gets and what they get to keep? So, so it's Joe Biden's lawyers to go find this stuff at the, at the Penn Biden Center, they then turn it over. Uh, it seems to me, why wouldn't the Justice Department say, oh, you know, we better go check ourselves and make sure everything is, is, is okay? Uh, Clinton was the same. I remember asking Clinton, uh, Secretary Clinton, during the Benghazi hearings, I remember asking her in the hearing, I said, uh, uh, Madam, Madam Secretary, you got 60,000-some emails on your private server. Some are work-related, some are personal. We don't need to see the personal stuff. In fact, we don't want to. This is America. You have privacy. Uh, we don't want to see that. But we're not exactly sure we can trust what you decide. You and Cheryl Mills and your lawyers decide we should have access to. So how about this idea? How about a neutral third party, like a retired federal judge? How about we let them come in and evaluate all 60,000? And, of course, her response was, no, we're not going to do that. So she wouldn't even agree to that. But with President Trump, they, he, they never ask him. First, they're working with him. He's, he's complying. Then they say, they don't say, oh, can we have a neutral? No, no, they say, 
we're just going to come raid your home, and here we come, and, and they, they you know, t- take over and raid his home and look through all the, the, his entire, every room in their place. So that's the, that's the real double standard that I see here that I think is so problematic. Congressman Hank Johnson, the Democrat from Georgia, the guy who once feared that having too many military troops on the island of Guam would cause the island to tip over, uh, that that Hank Johnson, uh, now suggests that the that the documents, the classified documents, were planted inside the garage, and it's I mean, Congressman, come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't seem too plausible to me. But who knows? You, 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 I'm not going to rule anything out when it comes to what uh, what Democrats may be up to. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think that's uh, the, the the likely thing here. So so in your so as far as your agenda and you you're you're ready loaded for bear here. Uh, how does this factor in as far as the investigations that you guys are going to be advancing? Well, to the extent that, that, that the DOJ is, is, is treating people, uh, you know, not administering law equally, um, I, I think that that would be our angle. Primarily, I think anything de- dealing with the Biden uh, family business operation, that's going to be uh, Congressman Comer and, and the Oversight Committee. Uh, a lot of what we're talking about with this issue and classified documents, that's going to be handled in uh, with Chairman Turner and the House Intel Committee. But our focus on, is on the DOJ and how political that place has become. And I, I really think we haven't decided for sure, but I really think that we'll we'll, we'll focus on a couple of key issues. I think, um, I mean, we're, we're concerned about what these dozens of whistleblowers have told us, but two that stand out: how they treated parents, the whole school boards issue. Yes, because I think that issue, and then also this this cozy collusion and and this relationship between big government and big tech to keep information from the American people. And I think there's so many similarities in there. Remember, it was the National School Boards Association that sends the letter that becomes the predicate for the Biden administration targeting parents, treating them as domestic terrorists. And then with, with, with Twitter, there's, there was the 51 former intel officials who send the letter that says, oh, the Hunter Biden story has all the earmarks of a Russian information operation, which is all baloney. But that became the predicate for big tech to collude with the FBI to keep information uh, from the American people right before the most important election we have. And so there's so many similarities. I think there's almost this pattern that we're, we're seeing from, from uh, the Justice Department and how they go after their political foes. Um, and we know that because we've had whistleblowers come tell us and because Elon Musk was willing to show us what was going on behind the scenes at Twitter. Uh, Congressman, real quick, before we let you go, I know Janet Yellen uh, coming out earlier and saying that we're going to be hitting that debt ceiling a lot sooner than expected. And, of course, that you guys came armed with an agenda, uh, to, and you know, the, the American people said, we don't want the government spending more money. Um, how do you think this is going to play out? Well, you can't just increase it without without changing a few things, particularly some structural things. <clears throat> One of the things I think at a minimal should be done is is the Senate should actually have to to pass a budget and 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 actually adhere to an appropriations process that we're supposed to do in Congress. I mean, those are just sort of some structural basic things. Like, hey, if we're going to spend the, the taxpayers' money, we should at least budget it out and tell them what we're going to spend on the front end. Senate never seems to do that, and the Democrats never seem to do that. So there's no way you can just do what's been called in in D.C. a clean debt ceiling increase, where you just like, okay, we'll just keep borrowing and adding to this thirty some trillion dollar debt. And the last thing I would tell this is, is Todd, remember, this year we're we're going to be somewhere five hundred to six hundred billion in interest payments on the debt. So when you're spending six hundred billion dollars to service debt, we spend eight hundred thirty billion to 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 defend the country, our, our our military budget. We're spending close to that now 
just on interest payments, for goodness sake, you've got to start changing some things or we're in a position where we can never recover from it. And the implications for our economy and most importantly for the middle class Americans are so profound. We had better get something for this uh, this debt ceiling increase that begins to turn things in the right direction. All right, Congressman, we're going to leave it there. Congratulations. Uh, wow, a well-deserved honor. And we're excited because I think with you at the helm of judiciary, uh, we're going to get we're going to get a lot answered pretty quickly. Thanks, Todd. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Congressman Jim Jordan out of Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, a great American patriot, and he's fighting the good fight for us. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we may be dipping in here to the White House press briefing. It is now underway, and Corinne Jean-Pierre will be taking questions, I'm sure, in a matter of moments about Joe Biden. We're also going to be uh, taking we're going to be taking your calls 844-747-8868 toll free telephone number that's 844-747-8868 we'll be right back. To, uh, to encourage current Congress to act. But as far as the steps and, and how this all works, I would refer you to the Department Today, of Treasury. Six days till the 19th. A few years ago, she did it about 10 days before. I, I understand. I would refer you to the Department of Treasury. There's nothing to it being announced today amid the situation I, that the White House is facing. I would refer you to the Department of, of Treasury. And just to be very clear here, uh, Ed, we have. I've been in here almost every day since we got back from Mexico City, standing here taking your questions at length, uh, so that we're not avoiding anything here. And no, you've heard, you've heard, you've heard from the president at least twice, and you, we have put forth multiple uh, statements from the White House Counsel's Office. So that suggestion, I just disagree with. Go ahead, Kristen. Green, thank you so much. Does the White House and does the president um, agree to fully cooperate with the special counsel investigation? We have said that we are going to continue to. Continue continue to fully co- cooperate. We have been. Uh, th- uh, the president's lawyers and team has been fully cooperating uh, with the Department of Justice, and we're certainly they're certainly going to do that with uh, the, the special counsel. And so by that reasoning, would the president agree to sit for an on-the-record in-person just not. I'm not going to get into specifics or get ahead of what's going to happen. I'm not going to get into hypotheticals because that is a hypothetical. What I will say is uh, we have addressed this multiple times uh, at length, and we are going to to continue, uh, the president's team is going to continue to fully cooperate with the Department of Justice, uh, and we respect that process, and that's what we're going to do. The president has said he hopes to speak about this soon. When can people expect to hear from him? Uh, don't have again. That's a that is that is something that I can't. I don't have a, a magic wand here. I don't know when that's going to happen. What I can well, the White say House is, press secretary, uh, his darling. team is going to fully cooperate with the Department of Justice. Uh, and let's not forget. The president said during the campaign that when it comes to the Department of Justice independence, he respects that. Uh, and that is something that he had said was incredibly all right, important all right. there to we make go. sure we're, that we're they- monitoring this, everybody. Uh, but Corinne Jean-Pierre, KJP, on the, uh, on the job today, not answering any questions. And that's a fair question. The president said he wanted to come out and address all of this. All right, let's have him come out and address all of it. What's the, what's the holdup? By the way, just got a got a text message. Uh, Todd, here's my prediction. Biden out. Kamala will be next with more documents. Kevin McCarthy, president for the rhinos and deep state. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the Democrats are going to let that happen. But it could be. Who knows? 
But you heard Kevin McCarthy. Uh, they're going to be all over this. All right, let's. Can we dip back in? We're, let's. Uh, we're, we, okay. We'll. All right. So we will dip back in. So let's keep that feed up, and uh, and let's uh, let's take a listen now and see what's happening. I think there's some back and forth. Today, taking your questions on this, the White House Counsel has uh, put out. Uh, a very extensive multiple uh, statements on this as well and you all I know you all have been talking many of you here have been talking to my colleague in the White House counsel so what the the um, the actions that we took were right right actions that his team took uh, in de- in in uh, dealing with the Department of Justice and also the archives. But Look, you, I have, I have. You guys have answered questions when the press has broken and the news. Because it's an ongoing process. Because again, it is an ongoing process. She's there is clueless. a process here. The Department of Justice is independent. We respect that process. But again, I have taken questions. I can take two two questions through a hundred questions. I have answered your questions uh, as uh, almost every day on this issue. And again, anything else that you may have anything that's related to the review I would refer you to one, the Department of one Justice last question because I know you've got to move on here but the, the president campaigned on the argument that he would restore confidence we know that he's in the process of deciding whether to officially announce he's running for re-election does this episode undercut that argument that, that he would restore confidence because here we have in the headlines that oh, he that's is now under investigation. He's restored independence in the Department of Justice. That's what we're doing here. When we're saying we're going to refer you to the Department of Justice, that is restoring independence as it, as it relates to issues like this. And that is important to the president. And it's been consistent. What okay. I'm saying All right, we're about investigation. We're done here. Uh, you notice that there, she said they were gonna, they were going to instill confidence, but that's not what Jean Pierre said. So it looks like, looks like that has changed. Uh, it's a mess. I suspect the White House may have been caught flat-footed on this. But again, if in fact, and it could be that those documents were planted, I don't know. But if it was, it was done by the FBI. It had to have been done by the Secret Service or someone with high-level security clearance that could walk into Biden's house, as Hank Johnson once said. All right, let's go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. Steve in Arkansas. Steve, what's on your mind? agree with you on the... Democrats have decided Biden is expendable, and it may be time for him to go. But I think there's a second uh, deal they're going to play out of this thing, and benefit they're going to do out of if they if they do decide to use this to get Biden that Biden out of office is to then the Justice Department will use that as credibility when they go after Trump against the you know. Everybody's just picking on Trump. There's a dual. They'll back off and say, "No, we're all about justice. We just we just took a Democratic president, sitting president, out of out of office." Steve, so, I I don't think that's I I hear where you're going, but I think if if they would have already m- making the move on Trump and they would have done it before the midterms, or they would have done it immediately after the midterms, but I don't think they've got the goods and they know it. I agree. I agree. But even I think this this will make if they do go everything they've tried to get him on has blown up on them. And if they do go through with this one and it blows up, too, that that kind of gives them a little thing of just 
saying they were just Trump hunters, you know. They well, we get we took Biden out for the same thing. Oh, I get it. I I see your line of thought there, reasoning it. I think that's that's pretty fair. Uh, see if we got to run. I appreciate the call. 844-747-8868. Uh, we're going to be getting to your calls after the break also. The Republicans, should they raise the debt ceiling? They say we're going to hit that ceiling on Thursday. That will set up a big, big conversation. What do you think the Republicans should do? Raise it or keep it where it's at? We'll be right back. Reporters are out for blood up on Capitol Hill. Wow, this is getting ugly. Uh, the press corps going at it with KJP. Uh, in the meantime, you folks in Dallas, what a crazy story. So a leopard is missing from the zoo, and they don't they don't know where the leopard is, uh, but they're telling everybody to stay inside. They've shut down the zoo. Uh, they seem to think the the leopard is is hiding inside the zoo. It's it's apparently called a cloud leopard uh here's the problem they're hungry and we all know the good people of dallas love their brisket so in other words you know the leopard's not stupid they're gonna look at you like your lunch so just be careful and um if you hear anybody growling run very fast welcome back to the todd stearns radio program happy to have you with us on this friday edition uh by the way uh, you if you missed our conversation with congressman jim jordan uh you'll be able to download that on the podcast immediately after the show over at toddsterns.com so what is it like when your state legislature is controlled by a a massive majority, a supermajority of Republicans. Well, we're going to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Honored to have with us the Speaker of the Tennessee House of Representatives, Cameron Sexton, uh, joining us today. Cameron, good to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me on, Todd. Hope everything's well. Uh, it, th- things are well, um, and uh, congratulations again. Uh, it's an exciting time in Tennessee because the Republicans are in control, and I'm wondering how that happened. Was this a process, or did people just wake up one day and say, you know what, we're, we're going to give the Republicans control? <clears throat> no, I, I think it was a 20-year process where more and more people started uh, voting Republican. You know, I think Tennessee, for the most part, the Democrats, um, we're conservative Democrats, and I think over time what happened is the Democrat Party left uh, Tennessee conservative Democrats, and they were looking for somewhere to go, and and uh, and they bought into the Repu- Republican philosophy, which is very close to where they were, um, definitely on fiscal issues. And, and and the fiscal issues are a huge thing for me. I'm a culture conservative, but I think on the national level, Republicans are probably moving away from some of those. But on the fiscal issues, uh, that's where I think Republicans can really make an impact, uh, especially when it comes to uh, getting out of the way and letting small business thrive. You're right. I mean, you just look at, I think over the weekend, last weekend, uh, California announced that they have a like over a $40 billion deficit. I mean, imagine that, $40 billion deficit. You're in the hole. And in Tennessee, where we have totally different policies and different thoughts than what California does, we're running about a $2 billion surplus. Um, and, and so I think it goes to your point is 
um, the conservative philosophies of economic and opportunity and freedom makes your economy thrive. You know, and, and that was a, a huge selling point for me. Uh, we were trying to figure out where do we do our national show? Do I stay in New York City? Do I move back home to Memphis? It was a no-brainer. Uh, in New York City, not only do I have a state income tax, I had a city income tax. And you better believe uh, I got the last flight out of uh, out of LaGuardia during the pandemic to come back to the land of uh, no income tax, state income tax. Absolutely. I think you've seen that from a lot of states. I mean, people are moving to Tennessee, Florida, from Illinois, New York, California, um, all over the place. And and what we can tell in this last election was a good sign. Uh, they're coming here to vote Republican. And you talk to them at Republican Party events, there's a lot attending the local parties. And they talk about what ran them out of those blue states and why they're wanting to move to a red state. And you look at the red states and how they're thriving economically it's it's due to the people you elect but also the philosophies that they believe in you know one of the big problems uh mr speaker that we have seen uh here in in this particular part of tennessee is the crime which is out of control uh we live in a in a in a city controlled by radical progressive democrats and they're really not taking the crime issue seriously um how concerned are you about that and is, are there things that you guys can do at the state level to to help the law-abiding citizens out in these parts? Yeah, we're we're concerned about what's happening in Memphis with the new DA in town and the, the soft on juvenile crime, the soft bail reform ideas that he wants to do, and um, and not holding people accountable. You still have people who murdered people from several months ago, and there still hasn't been an announcement from the DA's office if they're going to go after the death penalty or not. They're, like, hedging their bets. And and so we're watching. We're going to continue here um, fighting to make sure we protect our communities and our streets and our neighborhoods all across the state. Um, but I do know, I've talked to enough people in Memphis, they're not feeling safer after the elections last August in Memphis. They actually feel unsafer. Is there something ultimately that the the state could do? I mean, is there an is there a way for the state to intervene and say, okay, if city leaders, if the local government's not going to protect the people, we're going to step in and we're going to protect the people? Are there any mechanisms in the state constitution that you guys would be able to do something like that? There are. I mean, we can come in and impeach judges or DAs if they're not doing their duty and doing their job and refusing to prosecute people. Um, we're going to continue to work with law enforcement. You, the problem in Memphis is not the sheriff's office or the city of police office. It's the DAs and some of the judges. And so we have the mechanism to hold them accountable. Um, we also have the mechanism of, of tightening down and uh, not allowing them to do certain things. One of the things we're going to propose this year um, instead of allowing them discretion to charge juveniles with uh, in, in juvenile court for carjacking, we're going to make things like that an automatic adult offense that they have to go uh, to adult court for and get adult time. And and so you know we're we're going to continue to watch, but our number one thing is making Memphis this safe. See, I, I I appreciate you saying that, and I'm telling you, if you if you were to do that, uh, the I would tell you Shelby County would elect you the next governor of the state of Tennessee because the, everybody's getting their cars hit. Even even yours truly, I've been a victim of that crime. Oh, I hear about it all the time. There's a couple of different cars out there. They're like you just don't want to have, but but you know, I mean, you see it so much, and it's in the juveniles. You have adult criminals 
who are using juveniles because they know that the DA is going to be lax. But he's lax on the adults. He's even worse on the juveniles. And when the, they find out that they're not going to hold the juveniles accountable and somebody carjacks you at gunpoint and pulls you out and they're 17 and they'll go to juvie for six months or a year and they'll get back out and it's like their eighth offense, there's no deterrent for them not to continue down that road. That's why you see crime moving out to Carryville and Germantown and all those areas because they're not going to be held accountable in Shelby County because that's the DA. They, you know, they have their own law enforcement. They're going to charge them. They're going to lock them up. They're going to put them in there, and the DA is going to let them out of jail probably within two hours. I'm I'm curious. Back to that, the House of Representatives, and on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today is Cameron Sexton, Speaker of the Tennessee House of Representatives. Is it difficult wrangling conservatives? Because I have to imagine you're getting conservatives from all, you're getting Republicans from all different vantage points. Uh, how do you how do you corral all of those folks together to get the agenda done? Well, I mean, we have a lot of agreement on stuff. I mean, the thing is, even though our state is diverse and you have you know urban, suburban, and rural areas on on things like crime and economic development, we're all on the same page and. And and so it's really about sitting down and, and saying we all have the same goals. How do we get there? Sometimes the direction's a little different, and that throws you off. But we still all want to have the same goal at the end. And and so that's the nice thing about having supermajority. We increase from seventy three to seventy five members in the house, and so it gives us it. There's more opportunity for disenfranchisement, but with good leadership and quality people. We can keep that to a minimum and keep perspective on what's good for our state. And I think that's one thing Congress is not watching for. I think you have more people up there about self-interest than interest of America. Well, I, I love it, and it's a great comparison. You look at, at California, where, and they're controlled by a supermajority of Democrats, and look at their deficits. Then look at Tennessee, controlled by a supermajority of Republicans, and look at all the surpluses. Um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, does it, sir? No, it doesn't. Look at Illinois on crime. Look at Chicago, Democrat, Democrat. Look at New York, Democrat, Democrat. I mean, the, the philosophies that the uh, Democrat Party, which has moved very progressive, um, their philosophies do not work, and uh, and people are taking notice of it. Hopefully, it will change in the next national election. Well, Mr. Speaker, uh, we always appreciate you coming on the program, and I think it's a lesson that other state lawmakers can learn from, and maybe you should travel around and just hold workshops and get all these Republicans to do what uh, you have been able to do in the Tennessee State House, because we really appreciate the great work you're doing. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, and we talk to a lot of people from other states, and a lot of them are noticing what we're doing, and they're asking for legislative ideas now, which I've never seen and since I've been here. And so it's good to show that, you know, the other states are interested in achieving what Tennessee's achieved. That means that we're on the right track. All right. Uh, there you have it, folks. The Speaker of the Tennessee House of Representatives, Cameron Sexton. Uh, Mr. Speaker, hope you have a great weekend. Yes, sir. You too. Take care. All right. By the way, uh, just horrible news yesterday that we learned right after our show, the first bulletins came in from uh, Memphis about Lisa Marie Presley, the daughter of Elvis Presley, suffered some sort of a cardiac event. She had been in pretty bad health for a while and had been through, and I don't want to run through all the rigmarole, but she's had a, a pretty rough life of, of late. And uh, then we got word late last night that Lisa Marie Presley had died. She was just 54 years old and uh, was the only child of Elvis Presley and his wife Priscilla. 
And uh, then this word just coming in, and I guess this is just a crazy cycle. Uh, now the son of Evil Knievel, the the great stunt artist, uh, the son of Evil Knievel, Robbie Knievel, has died. He was just 60 years old, had been battling pancreatic cancer, and uh, he died early this morning in hospice care. You know, when I was a kid, I remember I had the Evil Knievel stuff. I mean, that was he was like – he was like, I don't know, the rock, you know, of our generation. I mean, the guy was like, what, flying jet cars across the Grand Canyon? Uh, just unbelievable, that uh, family. But certainly we want to pray for uh, for the Knievel family and also for the Presley family. Just very sad news. And um, we, we are waiting for funeral arrangements. But I will tell you that here in Memphis, uh, I know the locals don't go down to Graceland. That's something the tourists do. It is one of the top tourist attractions in the entire state of Tennessee. People from all over the world come to Memphis uh, to visit Graceland. And I can tell you uh, that I, there will be flowers and other memorials already outside the gates and the walls there at, at Graceland. It's They mean that much to uh, the people of the city of Memphis. Got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Want to share some big news about our friend David Horowitz, best-selling author, brand new book out called The Final Battle. And David reveals a secret war underway in America. Democrats and the woke culture, this new generation destroying our culture and ending our freedoms. And Horowitz says their plan is taking place right in front of our very eyes, our schools, churches, even our military. And that's why you need to watch David Horowitz on the Chris Salcedo Show as he reveals the real threat of Biden, Obama, big media, and more Horowitz names names. So tune in today to Newsmax. That's the network I watch and see Chris Salcedo and David Horowitz. And be sure to get a copy of The Final Battle. Now, you may want to get one free. Everybody loves free stuff. Well, all you need to do is go online to finalbattle611.com. That's finalbattle611.com and get your free copy today. Welcome back, everybody. By the way, it is it is Bordop Kyles, our audio engineer. It's his birthday today, the big 2-4. So when you call him, be sure to wish Kyle a, a happy birthday today. Heard from Grace Baker, um, it's snowing in Chicago, and poor little Merlot has never seen snowfall before, so the dog's freaking out. But uh, anyway, uh, we've got to get Grace on the show uh, sometime very soon. People are asking, what happened to Grace? Well, Grace and uh, Mr. Producer had to move to Illinois, and we're trying to get her to move back south. So we're praying for, you know, blizzard after blizzard. No offense to you people in Chicagoland, but we need Grace back here in Memphis. That's just all there is to it. All right, let's go to the phones, 844-747-8868. Patty has a theory about Joe Biden, and Patty, I am all ears. Todd, they are done with the puppy. <laughs> wow. So you you really think so? I believe his own party is turning him loose. They don't want him no more. They they accomplished what they had to accomplish, Todd. They 2020, Trump didn't get elected. What happened a couple of months ago? The midterms. Okay? Every time there's an election... 
Patty, uh, if you go back and if you go back and follow the timeline here, uh, Joe Biden did not want Kamala Harris as the running mate. That was forced on them. As a matter of fact, uh, it's pretty clear that Joe Biden actually hates the woman, and the reason why is because Kamala Harris effectively painted or portrayed Biden as a racist. Oh yeah, and when they were speaking on when they were doing that. Yeah, with Pocahontas and all on. Oh, yeah. There. yeah. It was, I mean, there is a deep seated hatred there between uh, the First Lady, Dr. Mrs. Joe Biden, oh, they, and, oh, and yeah, Kamala. Oh, yeah, they hate each other. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so again, when you, when you look at the bigger picture here, uh, with them out of the way, Kamala becomes president. The question, though, who oh, is in the wings waiting to become president is would they, would they name Gavin Newsom as the guy? Because Kamala is not, Kamala is not going to be running for president. She is not going to be the nominee. There's no way. Her own party hates her. So it's either going to be Gavin Newsom or it could be a Hillary Clinton or it could be Susan Rice or maybe even Michelle Obama. Well, you know, I just think that they are so, um, like you said before, you hit it right on the head. They are the most, they are very evil and they're relentless. They, 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 you know, um, yes, they are a party that they eat their own, actually. (laughs) They're like the daughter party. They could care less about Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden, they don't want him no more. He's done. He did what he had to do. See you later. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, I, I and I think it really is that simple, Patty. Uh, they want him out of there. They're getting concerned because he's rambling on about running in 2024. That's coming from the wife. She's the one that pushes on everybody. And I guarantee you she's out there fighting for him to be the nominee in 2024. So uh, they're going to have to play hardball, and this could be the way to get him out of office, and especially if they set their sights on Hunter Biden, because that's a whole other investigation, and we think the shoe is about to drop on that as well. And I believe Hunter Biden, I'm going to tell you something about Hunter Biden. Don't be surprised if Hunter Biden throws his own father under the bus. Could be. I mean, there is there is some bad blood there, even though he did rebuild the engine in the Corvette. Uh, but, um, yeah, there's <laughs> there could be some there could be some tatty issues. I, I, OK, and um, they're saying that, you know, the conservatives might be dropping boxes off at the garage and all that. You know, who <laughs> I really thought, you know, who I really think dropped those boxes off. Who the do you Easter bunny? The Easter bunny. <laughs> I love it. Patty, we got to leave it there. Good hearing from you. All right, take care. Uh, By the way, big debt ceiling debate. They're saying we're going to hit the debt ceiling on Thursday. And the question is, what happens when we hit that ceiling? Will Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans, will they go along with the Democrats and raise the debt ceiling? What do you want the Republicans to do here, folks? Should they stand their ground? Should they do what we told them to do? which is not to raise that debt ceiling, or do we wave the white flag here? What do we do here, folks? 844-747-8868. That is our number. Our website, ToddSterns.com. We'll be right back, America. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American So this is an interesting story from Just the News. Hello, everybody. Todd Starnes here. Great to have you with us today. Hour three of the big show. 
Nearly all House Democrats oppose a resolution condemning attacks on churches and pro-life facilities. But let me explain what this headline ought to read. Nearly all House Democrats support attacks on churches and pro-life facilities. So our good friend John Solomon weighing in on this. Uh, The vote came after a report was published showing violence escalated against churches and pro-life groups last year ahead of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. The House passed the measure Wednesday mostly along party lines. You had three Democrats vote with the Republicans, Congressman Vincente Gonzalez of South Texas, Chrissy Houlihan of Pennsylvania, and Marie Glusenkamp of Washington. The resolution condemned recent attacks of vandalism, violence, and destruction against pro-life facilities, groups, and churches, called on Biden to use all appropriate law enforcement authorities to uphold public safety and to protect the rights of pro-life facilities, groups, and churches. There have also been at least 420 hostile acts committed primarily against churches over the past five years. This is according to Intel from Family Research Council. So the question is, why would the Democrats support these domestic terrorists targeting Christian churches? And I think we all know the answer to that, because the Democrats are a bunch of godless heathens. And so is the mainstream media. We've got an interesting interesting bit of audio for you to hear. This is from Andrea Mitchell from over at MSDNC lecturing a reporter because he used the words pro-life. After the fact that at the end of the day she was, as she described herself, pro-life and that she felt that it was important uh, to vote for these measures despite their uh, potentially politically damaging or politically unappealing um, appearance, if you will, for uh, Garrett, future, let me just, future voters. Let me just interrupt and say that pro-life is a term that they may, that an entire group uh, wants to use, but that is uh, not an accurate description. I'm using it because that's the term she used to describe herself, I understand. Andrea. I understand. Miss Mitchell, uh, they're lecturing a reporter for using the term pro-life. Here's how I think of it. You're either pro, you're pro-death or you're pro-life. And this idea that the mainstream media advanced this narrative, well, you're either, you're either pro-choice or you're anti-abortion. That, those were the choices. And look, I you can you can have this argument, but if you're going to be fair, if you're going to be balanced, if you're going to be truthful, then you have to say if you're going to be pro-life, the other side is pro-death. And again, I would have asked Andre Mitchell right there on the um, on the TV. Uh, pardon me, but what exactly is the is the choice? If you're pro-choice, what is the choice? The choice is either deliver your baby or kill your baby. I mean, those are the two choices we're talking about here. You know what? This reminded me. I, I completely forgot about this story. But when I was when I was working at Fox News Channel, they asked me to to drop by a panel for a, a Q and A with Stuart Varney. This was on uh, Fox Business, and one of the uh, one of the Fox blondes. I can't remember which one it was. That they all kind of look the same after a while. So one of the Fox blondes 
They were on, and if you had, if you, uh, I'll try to paint the picture of what a studio looks like at Fox. They're not very large, and sometimes they have multiple shows going on in the same studio area. So uh, Stuart Varney was interviewing me, and I made a comment, and it was actually about a pro-life issue. And um, and I made the point that I just shared with you that if you're going to say pro-choice, you've got to be able to say, okay, what is that choice? And the choice is, Stuart Varney, you're either going to have your baby or you're going to kill your baby. Well, off to the side, in a darkened corner of the studio, there was another panel that was preparing to hop on the air. And one of them, one of the people on the panel was one of the Fox Blondes. And so I, I hear this woman start just shrieking. She was completely losing it. And nobody knew what was going on because it was happening off camera. And the producers are looking around. The camera guys are like, what's going on here? And the woman, the blonde, the fox, I just can't stay silent anymore. How dare you talk about people who believe in pro-choice like that? And I'm like, and, and it was startled me because it was Stuart Varney and I having a conversation. And she was going off unhinged. And finally, all I could think of, and, and I was trying to remember, who, who who was this woman? And I couldn't remember her name. So I, I was, you know, I'm from the South, and mom taught me to be polite. And when you're addressing a lady, you say, ma'am, or yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, call her ma'am. And so finally, on national television, I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, calm yourself, ma'am. And I did. I mean, I had to tell her to calm herself. She was going off unhinged. She didn't like that at all. Very ugly situation there. And so then they cut to commercial break. But I'm like, what kind of an outfit is this? Come on, Stuart Varney. You're going to tolerate this kind of nonsense? You should have given the woman the heave-ho, kicked the blonde off the set. I know I know that the blondes on Fox, you know, they're on the, some of the shows are there for the looking. I get it. But you can't, you can't tolerate that in the middle of a show. I mean, come on. I'm like, Stuart, you gonna, Stuart are you going to put up with this? Come on. I mean, what this guy should have said over at MSDNC said, Andrea, hush yourself, woman. Go make me a sandwich. That would have that would have shut her up. She would have keeled right over. Anyway, uh, this is what you have to deal with in the in the mainstream media, and I feel bad for the reporter. Um, and you wonder, is the guy going to get in trouble? Are they going to punish this guy for daring to say the word pro life on MSDNC? It does make you wonder. Oh, by the way, speaking of planting um, and, 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 and women, the gals on The View, the squawking magpies over on The View, actually have a theory about how those documents ended up in Joe Biden's garage. You know, you know what I think? I've never Trump. seen a, a luckier person than Donald Trump. Just as we're this close well, to getting him, but you somehow know these but it, documents you know what, appear. But here's the thing. Biden is wrong to have done this. He, he was in office wrong. for well, let's years. Find out, let's that. find out what this is first. Now, again, mm, one of the things that gets true. me crazy is before we know, it's already been spun a specific yeah. way. I don't want to see that. The, I want to see... Someone explained to me, A, how it's possible that after all this time, nobody yeah. knew this. Because to me, if you're missing classified information, I don't mean to laugh, but in my house, if stuff is missing, 
I know it's Does messy. Does it feel like oppo research to you? Does it feel like the Republicans are behind it? It's I, not. I it did originally, but I'm sorry, sorry. but not not now. Because one of the things one of the things he's saying is that you know some of these some of the locations where the docks may have been shipped in the transition I may see. have gotten taken and put, but still. All right, so the gals on The View seem to think that Republicans may have been behind this effort. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Ted Cruz, Whoopi, it was Ted Cruz, and he just walked right up to the garage, and he put the documents in the in the garage next to the Corvette. That's exactly what happened. Uh, 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Everybody thought Biden was hiding in the basement in 2020. Now we know for a fact he was hiding in his uh, garage with his Corvette, and we know why. And secondly, he drives that Corvette like he rides a bike. I feel sorry for these Americans on the streets. <laughs> well, thank you, Mark, from the Villages. Uh, Mark, using our shout-out function, and you can download the app to do that over at ToddSterns.com. Look at our live show uh, feed, and uh, all the information is there. Also, there is information about our big trip to Israel. That's coming up at the end of the year. In November, uh, we'll be taking a 100 of our listeners to the Holy Land for seven days, seven nights. It is a first-class journey, and we would love for you to be a part of that. Now, there are two ways to get information. You can call us, or you can go on our website. We make it super simple, ToddSterns.com, or you can call us. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. And uh, we would love for you to join us. Uh, It is going to be a wonderful journey. And trust me, it'll be a trip of a lifetime. All right, let's go to the phones. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Deb listening to us on Nuga Radio and has um, an idea about those documents. All right, Deb, hope you're doing good today. Hi, am I loud enough? Because I'm not sure how to turn the radio down and hear you. Deb, you're doing just fine. Okay. My feeling after all these many years of the Hillary Clinton school of let's do it to them and then claim they did it to us, I really think that these things were planted in the garage and the library at Penn so that Democrats could find an easy way to say goodbye to Joe so he won't run. And they'll blame us, but I think they just literally put him there so he'll have an exit strategy. And, and, and Deb, it could really be that simple when it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, they, they blow up things and blame the Russians, and then it, we find out we did it to ourselves. So I really think it's simpler than we can't blame Trump for everything. You know, he, he really isn't omniscient and omnipotent and He's just gotten blamed for enough already. He really has. And, Deb, again, if if there had been anything there, and this has been going on for months now, they would have already charged him. He would have already been arrested. That would have happened right before the midterm elections, and it did not happen. And the reason why, Deb, is the president did nothing illegal, and he had every right under the Presidential Records Act to declassify whatever he wanted to declassify. Right. 
All right, Deb, and good. This guy has no business declassifying anything. Uh, no, no, he does not. Had no right as vice president. That order had to have come from Barack Hussein Obama. And I'm curious to know why his home hasn't been raided by the FBI. Deb, appreciate that call. Thank you for listening. 844-747-8868. Senator John Kennedy, the official wordsmith of the U.S. Senate, weighed in on the Biden docs on Fox News. Cut number six. Well, I I just find all of this surreal. It's it's almost like watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. I I suppose my first thought is that uh, all of this is yet one more example of why in Washington, D.C., if it were not for double standards, there wouldn't be any standards at all. Uh, I'm not surprised that the Attorney General has appointed a special counsel. I'm not sure he had a choice. Um, The White House has tried, and the White House doesn't have enough hazmat suits to clean up this mess. Aside from the obvious that uh, the Justice Department is investigating President Trump for something that President Biden himself may have done, There are a lot of other intriguing questions for the inspector general. Number one, was there a cover-up? The powers that be have known about all this since November 2nd. It's now the middle of January. Was there a cover-up? Who was involved? Number two, what's the role of the University of Pennsylvania uh, Biden Center in all of this? The, um, The Penn Biden Center is not some normal Ivy League think tank. It was. We now know that it's in Washington, D.C. It was a hangout, a clubhouse for President Biden and his people before they were inaugurated. And allegedly, it is funded with tens of millions of dollars uh, from China. What, what's up with that? Um, number three, what's the role of the National Archives in all of this? The the National Archives was scathingly critical of President Trump and his documents. Uh, They've known about all this since November 2nd or 3rd. Um, They've been missing in action with respect to President Biden and his documents. You you couldn't have found them with a search party. We still haven't heard from them. What's up with that? And I guess my fourth question is, um, did any member of Congress know about this? I didn't. And if some of my colleagues knew about it, I'd I'd like to know why I didn't. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it really is that simple when push comes to shove. All right, let's get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. James in Arkansas listening to us on KWAM. Hi, James. What's on your mind? Well, Todd, you know, I, I know everybody doesn't believe it probably. And they don't know it, but the Republicans getting played. You think so? How how so here? Okay, what the Republicans say they were going to do when they got it took over the House? We're going to investigate the DOJ. We're going to investigate Hunter Biden. We're going to investigate the CIA and the FBI and all this. Right? They said they're going to investigate all that. Well, if if they're looking into Joe Biden, I guess they're not looking into the stuff they said they were going to. Right? No, I don't think and so, I think, James. I, I think they're going to be able to conduct multiple investigations at the at the same time. At least that's what Jim Jordan seemed to imply when when he talked with us. 
Well, we'll see. But I, I, I honestly, I think this is just a distraction to get people away. To you know, it's, it's kind of like you know the Democrats. You know, when when they're doing something over here, they say, "Hey, look over there." <laughs> you know, there, there's there's uh, there's secret documents in Joe Biden's garage, and over here, you know, they're doing some kind of mischief they don't want us to look at. And it, well, I mean, that could be. It could be. I still want to see photographs. I mean, they took photographs of everything they confiscated during the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid, but we have yet to see one picture of a single thing that was taken from Biden's garage or the the Biden Penn Institute there in D.C. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, I, it needs to be investigated. But, you know, I, I've just seen it too many times when, when something like this huge comes up for the Democrats. Usually it's to distract the American people and, and everybody to what they're really doing. No, James, you're absolutely right. And and you I I don't think the Republicans are being played here. I, I think this could be more Democrat on Democrat violence going down. And and I think the Democrats are looking for an opportunity to get rid of this guy. At the end of the day, well, I think that's I, what I we're hope, dealing with. I, I absolutely I hope that's what it is. I hope all they're trying to do is make sure because he keeps talking about twenty twenty four, I hope all it is is to make sure he doesn't run. Uh, let's see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. If we start hearing other Democrats wanting to th- throw their name in the hat, that tells me Biden's days are short-lived. Oh, I agree. All right, uh, James, we got to leave it there. Good theory, though. Good thoughts as well. Uh, 844-747-8868. Uh, that's our toll-free telephone number. By the way, I've got to give a shout-out to the new governor of Arkansas, youngest in the nation, first female governor of Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and she is fired up and she is going to town, uh, issuing an executive order yesterday officially banning critical race theory from being taught in any Arkansas school. She says that children need to be taught about a shared identity as children of God. And I'm telling you, it has triggered every leftist in the nation. So good for you, Governor Huckabee. All right, 844-747-8868. Hang tight. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Friday. Busy news week around the country. Want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line. Very honored to have with us a, and by the way, making his debut appearance on the uh, the Todd Stearns radio program. He is from the great state of New York, representing the 22nd Congressional District, a new member of Congress. We're talking about Congressman Brandon Williams. Congressman, welcome to the show. Guys, thank you, Todd. So glad to be here, sir. Well, Congressman, first of all, I uh, just want to get your take as as a freshman lawmaker up there. Uh, how's that process been? What's it What's it like to be the new guy on the block? Well, I'm uh, I'm the new new guy, so I've never been in politics before. Um, you know, I tell people that a year ago. I didn't know a single member of the Republican committees in my district. And, uh, you know, jokingly, I say I got tired of throwing things at the TV, so I decided to run for Congress. 
So I am truly new and, um, you know, don't have a lot of expectations. But, you know, as I reflect on last week, you know, if everybody says that Washington, D.C. is broken, and it is, you know, which is better, a three-hour coronation of a new speaker or a four-day open debate that's passionate um, and, you know, reflects our values, which one's going to produce a better outcome? And I would say that the, you know, maybe historical and sometimes hysterical four-day debate was healthy for our for the house and healthy for our nation and, and to share a little bit about your background uh you went to pepperdine university got your degree there and in the first gulf war you volunteered and you served as a and, and if i'm correct me if i'm wrong here a nuclear submarine officer in the navy yes sir that's correct so uh the uh you know i was a strategic missile officer on a trident submarine i was uh i'm the first nuclear submarine veteran to be in congress in 50 years and only the second in our history. So, uh, you know, Pepperdine's uh, was a very special school and, and a great place. But, uh, you know, the Navy was was uh, was a great investment for me. Uh, Congressman, uh, a couple of big stories. And uh, you guys are going to have a lot on your plate as uh, the Republicans take control of the, the new Congress, the new House. Uh, very curious to get your takes on a colleague there in New York, George Santos. There have been calls for him to step aside over all of these lies. And it's just really breathtaking uh, the magnitude of of the lies that have been coming out from this guy. Um, where do you stand on Mr. Santos? Well, I've, I've said that he should resign. Um, you know, I don't like to pile on people when they're down, but um, you can imagine coming from the nuclear Navy that, you know, I would like to see a very high uh, standard for integrity uh, you know, particularly among our colleagues. And, um, you know, I would just say that, uh, you know, the message that George Santos delivered for the New York 3rd District, you know, was very effective. He won a very competitive race by eight points. But the the man himself, the, the story that he told about himself just simply wasn't true or appears like it wasn't true. And um, and I think that does disqualify him. So he, he should go back to private life, um, deal with these issues and the fallout um, that certainly is coming his way, and let us go on with uh, you know with the legislative work that we have to do. No, I'm, I, look, I'm with you on that one, Congressman. And again, at this point, my question would be: How do we even know the guy's a Republican? I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Well, he, you know, it's funny. I um, he he really ran in a very competitive race, and he won by eight points. And so, um, you know, if you go back and listen to what he said. He had a he delivered a fairly conservative message, and um, you know, in a place that's not necessarily that conservative. Um, but but even that doesn't matter. You know that uh, if you stand up and really tell that big, you know, that kind of fabrication about yourself, that that does disqualify you. And so, um, how he will vote or what he really believes, um, I'm, I guess I'm kind of hoping we don't find out. I think. Uh, you know, maybe we maybe there'll be an off ramp here. Uh, let's let's hope so. And uh, that that is the off ramp on that issue because I do want to talk about these investigations. Of course, the big news breaking and continues to break these uh, classified documents uh, found in President Biden or President Biden's garage and also his office there at the Penn Biden Institute. Um, I want to get your reaction to the news that has been coming out in recent days. Well, you know, I'm I'm a Penn alumni as well. I went to the Wharton School after my naval service, got an MBA at UPenn, 
And so, you know, I'm mortified that the university and, uh, you know, the president there would take money from the Chinese Communist Party, would use these for blatantly political and perhaps even illegal activities. And so I'm disappointed in the University of Pennsylvania. Um, But uh, the main story here is the two-tier justice system, you know, that uh, um, the investigations, the FBI raids, um, you know, uh, the way that it was treated, the timeliness of the announcement of the FBI uh, for President Trump and now for President Biden, and of course the documents are from his time as vice president, not president. This is the two-tier justice system that, uh, frankly, the House is going to be investigating. Jim Jordan's going to lead those investigations. And Jim is uh, very principled, he's very fair, but he's also absolutely relentless in getting to the truth. And so um, this is not going to go well for the Democrats. No, no, it is not. And we just had Jim on the program about 45 oh, minutes good. ago, and uh, he's he's one of our regulars, and we hope to make you one of our regulars as well. <laughs> <You're>, uh, <laughs> You're wasting time with me, man. Jim's no. the deal. <laughs> no, no, no. We're we're honored to have you on, and I'm I'm excited because again, something really amazing happened in New York State, and I say God bless Lee Zeldin uh, because That's he great. really rallied Republicans. And you know, I lived in Brooklyn for 15 years when I worked at Fox, and and I know that outside of the city limits, it's like normal America. And of course, you represent that Finger Lakes area. Those are good, solid, hardworking, uh, patriotic Americans out there in those parts. This, yeah, so that's exactly right. I'm Syracuse, uh, Syracuse Utica, Rome area, uh, central New York to the Mohawk Valley. And um, it's absolutely, it's beautiful. Uh, these are hardworking people. We've been in economic decline here for 100 years, and we really have some amazing opportunities to turn this place around. Um, you know, oddly enough, I actually grew up in Dallas, Texas. And so uh, um, I'd really like to see central new york prosper again if it makes you feel any better uh, right now though uh congressman it's good where you're at where you're at because there is a there's a, a leopard on the loose from the dallas <laughs> zoo so people are a little nervous right right now back in your hometown <laughs> well the um you know everybody there's arms so i bet uh oh well know, there you go <laughs> that leopard's probably in more jeopardy than anybody else so i hope <laughs> they find it very very fair point well congressman before we before we let you go um again priorities and of course a lot of folks coming into coming into washington with with ideas and i'm curious what's the big priority for you as a freshman lawmaker well i think i think inflation is um you know is number one and there's there's Two things quickly I'd say about that. One is we have to get our spending under control. And the second is we really have to have a common sense energy policy. I have thousands of hours supervising the operation of a nuclear power plant. And, um, you know, would really like to see us uh, have a common sense energy policy. So those are the things, uh, you know, our spending, uh, which, of course, Jim Jordan cares about, and uh, and our energy policy are are my priorities. And, of course, uh, Janet Yellen earlier today uh, says – we're going to hit the debt ceiling next Thursday. Uh, normally, they'll let you guys know a few, at least a few weeks in advance. Uh, next week, you guys are going to have a big decision to make. Looks like. Yeah. Well, they're they're you know because we're in the majority. Um, you know, they're trying to force our hand as quickly as possible. You know, I believe the way the the payments actually shake out, uh, CBO or uh, you know, said that we have until the summer, maybe until June, to get this resolved. So. 
there's going to be some high stakes negotiations, uh, you know, over what spending looks like. And of course, we've been handed this huge omnibus uh, bill from, uh, you know, from the Senate and from the 117th Democrat led congressional, uh, you know, Congress. And so uh, it's going to be an epic fight. But you know what? We were just warming up the speaker's chair. So should be interesting. All right, Congressman, we're going to leave it there. Appreciate you coming on the program. Congratulations to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks so much. All right, there you go, folks. Congressman Brandon Williams from New York State, the Finger Lakes area. Beautiful, beautiful area. Just uh, mountains, uh, trees, beautiful lakes up there. Uh, And this guy, first time he's ever run for office and he gets elected to Congress. He has a great uh, backstory, uh, served our nation, met his wife in the military. She is um, a decorated Navy officer, and uh, they have a beautiful family, and uh, we'll get him back on. We'd love to hear from voices all over America, and we're going to be holding all of these folks accountable, uh, and it looks like he's one of the good guys up on Capitol Hill. All right, we've got to take a break here. When we come back, Open Line Fridays, whatever you want to talk about, this is your opportunity to do that. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, you heard the congressman on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. We love Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now, some of you are having to look at your bills. You're having to kind of reconfigure some things around. Well, now is the perfect time to check out Patriot Mobile, and that's because they have a plan to fit any budget whatsoever. And by the way, if you're a military veteran, they're going to have even more discounts for you. Same goes with first responders. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd, and you'll see all the information there. You can also give them a call, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. And be sure to give them my name, Todd, and they're going to give you an additional discount. We'll be right back. All right, you beautiful people. Let's go to the phone lines. 844-747-8868. Gainesville, Georgia. Audrey hanging out with us today. Audrey, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. So Audrey, wanted, yeah, go ahead, Audrey. I wanted to bring up why no one has mentioned the visit that uh, President Biden uh, had, the comments that he made when he went to that horrible hurricane in Florida a couple months ago, where he said uh, nobody had better not ugly word mess with the Bidens. These classified secrets was what he had in his back pocket to uh, keep him from being prosecuted. So, Oh, you know, I do people, remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. It was a pretty nasty little bit he said there. Oh, it really was, and it was recorded on TV, and the mayor was shaking hands, and he was goofy-looking, too, and he was nodding <laughs> his head. I guess he meant, yes, we better not mess with the Bidens. But all these classified secrets are about to come out. Well, I think the FBI or his lawyers or somebody's going to cover it up. We won't find out. But that's why all these classified documents are being 
exposed. Well, I think there's something to that. And, of course, uh, going back to Ukraine and the power that Biden wielded back during the Obama years, where uh, he went after the Ukrainian officials uh, on behalf of the Obama administration, um, and of course Barisma, which his son Hunter was on the, uh, the the board of directors of the Ukrainian gas company. So there's, you know, I would say this: uh, I think Biden is powerful to some extent. Uh, the question is, who's behind this? And if it's Susan Rice and Barack Obama, this could get very interesting very quickly. Audrey, appreciate that call. Thank you for listening. Let's go to North Carolina, the talk station. David on the line. Hi, David. What's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Yeah, Thank so you I for asking. Talk about the, uh, the whole thing with the bot and emails. So I know everybody's talking about you know the possibility nothing's going to happen, and you know they're going to it's going to be a wash with him and President Trump. But what if it's it's the opposite? You know, what if the political power play here is to hold them accountable, maybe not to press charges, but to get them both out of the race? Oh, well, that is interesting. You know, that that is an interesting thought. Um, I don't think, I, at, at the end of the day, I don't think that Trump is getting out of the race. Uh, Trump is already gearing up, getting ready to hold his first campaign event in South Carolina. And I think the, at least right now, David, I, I, I don't think this is going to impact Donald Trump because, again, I just don't think he did anything wrong. I believe the law is going to be on his side on this. I'm right there with it. I don't believe he did anything wrong either, but I can just see them, you know, trying, oh, yeah. to, trying to slander it to a way to where you know having classified documents outside of the uh, out of the outside of the White House where you now have them is uh, something that can disqualify from the presidency. Something just to get them both out of the race, you know. David, it it's out with one stone. Yeah, look, it's a great thought, and there's going to be a lot of palace intrigue over the next couple of weeks as we start to get the details about who found these documents. Who was it that alerted the feds to all of this? Uh, There are going to be a lot of shoes to drop when it's all said and done. And I keep going back to what Stephen Miller, who's kind of the insider uh, in D.C., he says there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. So let's let's see what happens. David, hope you have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to the show. Crazy story out of Florida where a a couple is facing felony charges – because illegal aliens landed on their property and they left their boat behind. So if I could just explain, just paint the picture for you. You've got a husband and wife. They own a beachfront uh, lot. They have a home there. And a boat full of Cubans washed ashore wanting, um, wanting to come to America. And so anyway, the authorities show up and they, they take the illegals into custody, but they leave the boat behind. And then they get a letter from local city leaders. This was in Key Colony Beach, Florida. The city leader said, hey, you got to get rid of that boat. The guy's name is Jack Barkus. He's the homeowner. And he says he was initially forced to pay $2,500 to clean and sterilize the boat. And then he had to pay to have the boat hauled off. And he said, I'm not going to do that. City leaders go back and say, well, you've got to because that's against the law and you could be charged with a felony because a bunch of illegals showed up on your doorstep. So anyway, the local Fox TV affiliate down there um, did a story and they went and talked to the city leaders and they said, yeah, we look, we know it's it's inconvenient. We know it's a lot of money and the homeowners have to fork over all this cash. But what can we do about it? It's the law.
Well, the good news here, Governor Ron DeSantis said, hey, look, this is bonkers. This is completely unfair. And he pointed out that this was a state of emergency. Homeland Security should be covering all the cost. So the governor says that moving forward, nobody is going to have to pay to have the boat removed. So if illegal aliens show up on your beach or at your doorstep, you are not going to face some sort of a felony charge because you didn't move the boat out of the way. Good Lord Almighty. I'm telling you, folks, this is the kind of nonsense we got to get rid of here. Right, and good for Governor DeSantis for stepping in and doing the right thing. Well, look, it's been a great week, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, our best of edition coming on many radio stations around the nation this weekend. Want to thank our great team here, Grace and Dylan and Kyle. Happy birthday, Kyle. Hope you have a good one. And folks, you get out there. Have a great Friday. And whatever you do, be sure to go to church this weekend. Be good, America. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.